Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Rupesh, Senior Vice President at Hexaware, and we discuss how customer experience transformation requires reevaluating every part of the organization, how to plan as a leader when technology is evolving so rapidly, and why it's important to give your direct reports the freedom to fail in order to build a strong foundation. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So how did you first get into technology, man? Uh, what, what was your start? So, you know, I've been in the technology field for a little over 25 years, Adam. And back then, there were really only three options, right? When you got out of college, obviously, the world's evolved uh, dramatically. But back then, it was either you are in the engineering field or you are in the medical field or you are in some sort of accounting, consulting field. And, uh, you know, growing up, I was always excited about, uh, you know, building stuff because back then, you know, computers didn't exist. And so uh, building is what got me into engineering. And then since, you know, since then, it's just been one thing after the other. It was exciting to be in the field of consulting. Uh, it was exciting to, uh, you know, work with customers, understand their business problems. You know, we basically call it customer transformation today. But, you know, it was always about, you know, using technology to solve problems, make things faster. Uh, and so that is sort of how, you know, the journey evolved. Uh, and that's what here I am. That's cool. So how did you meet the team at Hexaware and, and join where you're at today? So um, the Hexaware journey also uh, has been uh, quite exciting. They uh, Hexaware as an organization was uh, uh, trying to build out uh, uh, and focus on uh, customer experience uh, using digital technologies. Again, five years back, it was all about digitization and digital transformation. Uh, it has now been named as experience transformation. And so, you know, our paths crossed uh, because of a joint customer pursuit, you know, I sort of met the team. Um, they liked what I could offer. Uh, I was excited about the uh, leadership journey, uh, ability to sort of, you know, run PNL for the company, uh, contribute to the bottom line, contribute to the shareholders. And so that is sort of, you know, how that happened. And, and you know, I switched gears and, and joined Hexaware. That's cool. So I, I've actually had the privilege of interviewing a couple other people at Hexware before, but I know that you work in the customer experience transformation business unit, which is a completely separate, like a, it's a, it's a whole business unit dedicated to customer experience, right? So how does that fit into like the rest of Hexaware as a whole? So, uh, you know, in today's world, right, there is, you know, there are some very complex organizations out there who have a variety of products, you know, that they offer to their clients. Uh, what we as an organization have done is really sort of simplified our landscape, right? We basically go to market for our clients, right, in three broad categories, right? One of them is uh, experience transformation, right, which means uh, we want to basically enable digital experiences you know, for our clients and customers or end partners or end employees such that they truly sort of want to engage uh, and, and do business 
or even interact right uh, on a day to day basis with them the two other areas which are very sort of cohesive to that story but help in ultimately bringing value to the shareholders is around automation so you really cannot do experience transformation you know without really sort of automating a lot of things uh, today's generation uh, you know requires things very quickly you know they are not willing to wait for hours or minutes uh, days or weeks uh, alternatively they also want to be able to interact with their businesses on their own time right somebody wants to wake up in the middle of the night and and book an airline ticket right they don't want to have to call between a 9 to 9 type of slot and all of this you know some of this cannot be done without automation so uh, that's the second unit that uh, sort of you know cohesively works with experience transformation in order to enable experience you need to do automation uh, you need to sort of improve the underlying processes to you know deliver value and then the third element is uh, as your business scales you want the agility and the flexibility and more and more organizations are you know moving to the cloud and so we have a whole branding story around how do we help migrate uh, you know our clients from their on premise solutions to cloud and so these three things sort of work together uh, you know for an end client to generate value so this is sort of where uh, experience transformation as a pillar fits with the other two pillars but these are the three simple pillars in terms of you know how we want our customers or even some of our prospective employees to look at a you know look at us at right if you if you like something that you are excited in one of these pillars this is a big great place to work because we have a very simple offering right to offer to our customers and and generate value so customer experience transformation sounds like a pretty broad term what what does that actually mean in practice like are you building out a contact center for a company uh for inter- direct interaction with the customers or is are is it is it more of like a holistic approach to like kind of being a consultancy around improving their product and experience as a whole with the customer in mind like what what is the, what do your engagements look like so if you think about experience customer experience transformation right we look at any organization and an organization whether it's a manufacturing company whether it is a telecommunication company whether it's the airline industry take any industry right at the end of the day each of these industries is serving an end customer the customer can be in the form of a uh, you know consumer like you and i the customer can be in a form of a business right that they are serving because maybe they are manufacturing for them and providing goods uh, or it could be an employee or a partner also right with whom they engage and collaborate to ultimately you know generate revenue for us each of these personas has a journey that they engage with from start to finish so if you look at a consumer uh, you know there is elements of advertising about your product or services you know being able to educate your consumer about your products and services help them sort of answer questions through any of the channels whether it is phone email social uh, there are many ways customers you know reach out to uh, you know to the, to these client, uh, to these industries and so Uh, there's a buying journey that goes after that there is a service journey that sort of can follow it based on what you're selling uh, there's you know customer surveys that you may want to take to ensure that you know you can effectively gauge the service that you provided to the client so that if there are any things that you can improve you know you can work on it internally so there are so many interaction and touch points that happen 
in our day in our day to day lives right and each of these interactions you know has to be painless has to be frictionless in today's world it also needs to be contactless now right because people are uncomfortable to have face to face conversations or are uh, even you know will be uncomfortable to use your digital devices to give you feedback so we look at we can look at something which could be as small as a single journey and you know make it better or we can look at the entire life cycle of each of these personas um, you know evaluate the touch points and then sort of figure out better ways to deliver that same experience i mean that is what a lot of the startups are doing and a lot of the traditional brick and mortar organizations are now trying to keep up evaluate you know sort of copy from that approach uh, and uh, and you know become better because otherwise you know they'll not survive right? the amazons of the world are you know overtaking the world and so some of the competitors have to invest uh, time and effort in these areas to truly make this frictionless otherwise they'll be irrelevant so that is sort of what we offer to our customers the problem statement could be as simple as booking a ticket uh, the problem statement could be as complex as you know looking at the total uh, customer value you know to that organization okay that thanks for providing that context there um so I know earlier you said that you also provide like cloud migration services and um, like lots of automation for your clients. And that kind of steps into the realm of general digital transformation, which I know is another place where Hexaware as an organization does a lot of work. So do you, when, when providing like the cloud migration services, do you reach across the organization and work with uh, some of the digital core transformation um, part, parts of Hexaware or is, does it still stay within the CXT? So at the end of the day, you know, Hexaware uh, has a philosophy of a single throat to choke, right? You can, you can, a customer can start a journey with us uh, by, you know, improving their core or uh, a customer can start the journey with us when they want to solve an experience problem, which then, you know, will entail uh, uh, also, you know, sort of making improvements, you know, to the core. So as an organization, we will bring the right team to the, uh, together for the customer scenario and uh, internally collaborate and sort of solve the problem. If, if you need to migrate to the cloud, you want to go to a public cloud, um, you need to do some engineering work. It, to, to, to an end customer, it doesn't matter, right? Like today, if you have to buy something um, you know, if you have to buy a cup of coffee from Starbucks, it doesn't matter to you how that cup of coffee is delivered to you, right? You want to make sure that the person you are interacting with, with whom you've placed your order and you've paid the money, you get the right cup of coffee. There may be a lot of operational activities that happen behind the scenes to ensure that the coffee is stocked, uh, you know, they have the cups, um, the, the methods are uh, standardized so that your experience is, uh, you know, the same. So from that perspective, right, the customer journey even at Hexaware could start in one particular area and it could continue to evolve over a period of time. But your point of contact always remains the same and he or she will enable you, you know, to your success metrics. That's really cool. Yeah, that, um, that, that that's great that you're able to have, I know Hexaware isn't like a huge, huge organization, but I mean, what, what do you have? almost 20,000 employees now total, right? So that's like pretty large. And so it's impressive that you're able to keep from being siloed and and keep open communication across the organization. So it is that kind of seamless experience. Uh, 
while we are 20000 we still think of ourselves uh, you know uh, come with a mindset of an entrepreneurial philosophy right and or a startup philosophy and and we like to be agile and nimble right and that's i think the need of the hour if you if you put something out if you try to think of building a road map which could be you know 3 5 years down the line i mean nobody knows what that 3 5 years looks like you really need to kind of think in 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 three month installments because in three months the world can change right and and i think we all have sort of experienced it and observed it based on what has sort of transpired in the last two years right nobody can predict and so it's best to invest invest in three month three months chunks right is how i at least tend to advise our customers right and then kind of build up on that um as you kind of move along that's smart so uh so you're talking about you advise your customers just to plan ahead in uh, three months at a time um right. and so why why three months why not like a year at a time so i have a pretty interesting sort of uh, you know philo- uh, observation slash philosophy about it right if you were to look at 2000 uh, the era of 2000 back in those days technology used to evolve every 2 years so if you actually really go back in time and you look at uh, you know how uh, you know how you had mainframes from mainframes came client server from client server you you know kind of went into uh, distributed architecture you then went into internet then you went into cloud so back in those days everything used to happen in every 2 years something would change and if you if you set out a road map at the beginning of that two year journey you would know that you would finish the work in six months year and then you would realize the benefits of it um, before you would have to think again differently uh, today if you look at a lot of the cloud providers you know be it google be it salesforce um, be it microsoft they are launching products every 3 to 4 months they are making improvements in their products every 3 4 months and so for a customer to say that hey i am going to put out a five year road map and sort of continue to work on it it just does not make sense yes there can be a vision there can be an objective but the technology road map or the implementation road map or the approach has to be adaptive has to be agile has to sort of refactor the changes that have happened around you every 3 to 4 months because that's how fast you know the world is changing and what you may decide today may just not be as relevant uh you know 3 to 4 months down the line that makes a lot of sense uh it is moving a lot faster today and it's going to continue right. moving faster maybe uh maybe in a couple of years you'll be advising your clients to think in one month chunks um <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway i so since i'm on the phone with we're on a zoom call with you uh someone that is like an expert in cx i want to hear about like CX in general, what are some new CX trends that you see happening in the industry today? So, uh what has you know, um I I think in the space of consumer uh world there has been a lot of evolution, right? Each one of us has a, a very good understanding of what is it that we want from our lives on a day-to-day basis, right? Uh, right from your ability to shop groceries to getting your cup of coffee uh, to getting a meal we all sort of expect anticipate delivery right we all expect a particular level of service today and an experience today uh, but when we come to work we sometimes don't have the same level of experience you know serving uh, our clients 
or even for organizations to serve other organizations. Uh, so a lot of the end platforms are, have improved dramatically, but as we do a lot of business to business service, uh, there's still you know, a lot more to be done. So what, what I perceive right in the coming years is going to happen is that there's going to be an immense amount of transformation dollars being spent on uh, businesses that um, you know, serve each other. And, and, and today, some of those are still not as modern and as digital as they were in the past. And knowing that the uh, workforce today is very digital savvy, they will pick and choose partners you know, as they are part of an organization with other organizations who are digitally savvy or who have the level of experience. Like, look at yourself, right? You guys are, a, um, you know, like you said, you are a modern organization. You spoke a little bit about your growth. Uh, imagine you have to work with a company who would uh, who would not be able to pay your invoice, you know, digitally, or who would ask you for a paper invoice, or you know, that experience could be you have to fill in a you know fifty-page form to you know just get onboarded as a vendor. It's just not going to work. You will just, as an organization, say I'm willing to let go because if the amount of time I will spend in interacting with Hexaware as a company. I can probably do three of these interviews, which will bring in, you know, three X the more revenue. So that's the new trend. Uh, it's a trend that is evolving. Uh, organizations are really looking at how they serve other organizations and they are bringing that consumer grade uh, experience, you know, within, within themselves as they're interacting with the other companies. So that's the big uh, trend in my mind, uh, which is going to change the way we operate uh, going forward. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, you have to be pleasant to work with in order to get like a one or really great partners with your company. Um, and yeah, that all, that all like trickles down to the end user at the end of the day too. Like your employee experience directly impacts your customer experience. So you got to make sure your employees and your partners are all having a great experience at work so that they can pass that along. And that's also how people then sort of word of mouth improve your references to other organizations, right? And and that's how you grow business. It is super hard now to market to some of the traditional means of LinkedIn and email where you can generate business. Business gets generated because you've done truly delivered value. Uh, and and that sort of helps uh, helps you get you know, more business. So why do you think this, this trend of, of companies actually paying a lot more attention to their customer experience, um, at, at work, why do you think that's happening now? Like what's different today? I think, uh, I mean, organizations have just realized, so there's a few factors there, right? If you look at it, unemployment is at our lowest levels right now. It's really hard to find a uh, talented workforce. So in my mind, the workforce has become very selective in terms of deciding who they want to work with, right? People have multiple job options at times and they are wanting to align with an organization who is pleasant to work with, like you said, who there is ease of work. Uh, something as simple as how do I do benefits? You know, if, if an organization is doing benefits the old way where you're still filling a piece of paper or you're filling a PDF form, uh, it just does not you know, work. So in my mind, a lot of these organizations have to focus on these activities because A, they are not going to be able to 
attract talent or you know retain talent if a lot of what they do today is not similar to how what it means to that an employee to be able to deliver food at home the same thing is true with trade partners or with dealers or your partner ecosystem if if there is no ease to work with you there is no transparency to work with you um, there is no ability to interact with you at all times of the day self service uh, then you know those partners are going to you know select and choose to work with organizations who are fast forward so in my mind you know the last two years where there have been supply chain issues there are there are talent issues uh, there is high inflation each and every part of the ecosystem is going to pick and choose who they want to work with right if they have a choice they're probably going to work with somebody who is a lot easier to operate with uh, and because the ease the less the, the less time you spend on that interaction the more revenue you can make as an individual or as a company or you can serve other people and so that is what is get going to get the efficiency is the name of the game now if you are not efficient to work with they are going to pick somebody else over you and you will become the last choice right in in the pecking order and so that is why i think companies have to put a lot more focus on on making sure that they truly have delightful experience to work with on a day to day basis and that's where the attention is coming from in my mind uh, also costs are going up so enabling a lot more self service helps the underlying organization from a bottom line perspective so you do gain experience through doing what you are doing but you do also get cost efficiencies over a period of time yeah that makes sense so what are what are some things that you guys do at hexaware to make your employee experience uh nice for the people that work there so uh, we have also been on a long journey for the last 2 years um we have been um you know in the process of evolving um you know how we sort of work with our employees so the pandemic has forced us to do digital onboarding of employees right people no longer are coming to offices to get onboarded so we have a complete digital onboarding capability where uh, employees are onboarded without having to come to work uh, you know their uh, machines and things like that are dispatched to their home addresses the welcome kit is uh, done so that entire workflow is completely automated right from the point of an employee accepting an offer uh, all the way to you know their joining day uh, the post joining uh, activities are also uh, workflowed in you know in a in a way where it's uh, it's completely digitally enabled and then uh, a lot of our collaborations right we are a big user of uh, microsoft teams the world has sort of ex- uh, adopted teams in a big way uh, and so teams is our you know digital collaboration tool uh, everything that we do is you know through teams whether it is uh customer calls internal calls document collaboration uh, so we we've, we've done a lot of those things the same thing has been extended to our partner ecosystem where uh, as we are working with uh, partner organizations you know their onboarding uh, their uh, sort of the ability to you know uh, do the paperwork to be able to generate invoices to us their payments digital payments uh, it, it, some of these things have evolved over time expenses have evolved over time where um you know we have again digital toolkits uh, to be able to uh, pretty much uh, you know do everything with the with the assistance of a mobile device uh, and most importantly what we have done is we have looked at a lot of these processes and we streamlined them minimized them as we go and again our journey is still not completely done uh, but we are sort of con- you know continuing to evolve that just like any other organization out there 
recently we we had on this company called Vox Implant, which um, they they do a cloud-based communication platform as a service. And from what I understand, mm-hmm. it's like a similar offering to Twilio, but it's better for building complex solutions. It makes makes the complex use cases for that a lot easier on the engineers um, and and easier to implement. But the their CTO uh, Andre gave one piece of advice in in his leadership section um, that individual contributors should think twice before moving into management because they won't get to spend as much time hands-on engineering. And so I'm I'm with that's just kind of been in the back of my mind. And I'm curious to ask you, did you find it challenging to start being more hands-off when you move made the transition from individual contributor to manager? So it's a very good question, right? And if I were to look back, uh, it is hard. Uh, it, it is a journey. Um, it is a journey of trust. Uh, so what happens in a typical scenario like that is you are an accomplished uh, individual contributor, and you know you get promoted to uh, you know basically leading a team or leading an initiative or whatever the case may be. Uh, your natural tendency uh, is if somebody is uh, not measuring up to how you are used to operating as an individual, uh, you have a tendency to step in and, and you know, just solve the problem. Uh, and so that is a typical mindset of a first year, second year leader where they want to, you know, they ultimately they want to look good uh, in front of whoever it is that they need to deliver. Because of that nature, uh, they tend to, you know, step in the weaker situations. But hindsight 2020, right? If the, if if there was this one advice suggestion, Adam, as you mentioned, I would give is you have to groom the team. You know, you have to, uh, you know, have to mentor the team. Uh, it is very easy to step in and solve the problem, but it is 10 times harder to build that foundation, right? And to me, once you build the foundation, you are going to reap the benefits of that foundation for many, many months to come versus each time there is a problem and you step in, you are not getting to do what you are supposed to do and you have suddenly taken somebody else's problem on your plate and that other person has just not had a chance to learn. So, you know, management 101 or leadership 101 is allow your team to make mistakes you know, we all have made mistakes when we have been in those positions. And it's really because of our managers at that time who allowed us to sort of learn from that experience and improve next time onwards is how, you know, we came out to be who we came out to be. Uh, We have to extend that same, uh, you know, facility, flexibility to those folks. We have to let them fail because out of failure comes, you know, success. And so that's that's the one thing I would tell, right? to anybody who's going to become a new manager. That's awesome advice. Thanks, man. Um, And on the other side, you mentioned about the technical aspects, right? So uh, there is a way to, uh, you know, stay technically active as you sort of grow in the ecosystem. If some of the people who are some of your listeners who were to look at my LinkedIn, right, they would see that, you know, I have done certification exams and I've done technical certifications as late as just 12, 18 months back. But I think the way you learn, you sort of evolve. You may not do a lot of things more hands-on, but as you are working with multiple teams, you are working with multiple customer situations, 
um, each of those interactions is a learning opportunity. It's up to you on how much in depth you want to go with that interaction or how much, uh, you know, surface level you want to be. Each person is very different. Um, I, for one, am still, uh, you know, very uh, active in the technical space. And so I use those interactions as a way to learn. Uh, the advantage here is I may have 20 such interactions in a week and I would, you know, learn 10 things out of those 20 interactions. Whereas in an individual capa uh, contributor capacity, I would probably only learn one or two things in the whole week because that's sort of my world, right? So your ways of learning improve as you grow up the ladder. It's up completely, you know, we are all learning, right? I feel I'm learning even today. Absolutely. So on the topic of like passing that learning on to, to the next generation of leaders, um, I'm curious if you have any advice for how you run one-on-ones with your direct reports to make sure that they are getting the most out of every success and every failure. Um, and like, so what do your one-on-ones look like and what advice do you have for conducting successful one-on-ones? So I think, um, um, you know, three very simple, um, you know, ideas around, you know, one-on-ones with your uh, direct reports, right? Uh, one is keep the frequency high. You want to basically interact them with them on a regular basis. Plan small, right? Um, one of the new things that I'm implementing, and again, new learning for me in 2022, is plan one month at a time. You know, take some small goals, uh, you know, work on the goals. You will either knock all of the goals or you will knock 80, 90% of those goals. But, you know, take small initiatives, build small, small successes, and then, you know, the build-up leads up to something bigger over a period of time. And then the third thing on the call is, you know, be very objective on the feedback. Um, I, for one, um, have this philosophy that I don't want to give feedback to somebody when and only it's time, you know, to do a review. Think of each of those one-on-one -on -one calls as the ability to give feedback to the person you are working with. Right. Um, because if, if you give them feedback in the right time, you know, they are going to course correct and, you know, we are, we are all going to meet our objectives. Uh, there's no point in telling somebody six months down the line that you did do something well. And now I'm going to ding you on the review because guess what? Your business objectives are not met. And by giving them a, you know, B minus or C minus on the review grade is not going to help you meet your objective. So, so to me, those reviews, that old methodology of saying, I'm going to do reviews six months, you know, twice in a year, four times in a year, just does not make sense. Uh, you know, be very transparent, be very candid. Uh, and again, like I said, you know, build small objectives and goals and then continue to deliver on them successfully. And that, to me, that the one-on-one -on -one works, you know, totally well with that philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like having a review every week or maybe twice a week, depending on how, how often you do them, yeah. It's not about review per se, but I think it's having that open candid conversation on what is it we are trying to do. Okay, you know, you need help here. Let's figure out how to help you. Uh, let's course correct. You know, you you want to you know you want to be agile like how we today we are doing our customer delivery in an agile format. So why doesn't you know why can't our interaction with our team you know be agile be adaptive? The the whole methods you know in my mind like I said everything is fast now nobody wants to wait for an infinite amount of time to kind of know where where are they going wrong 
Uh, and so I think that's, you know, we have to bring agility in everything that we do today, uh, which means every interaction is a, is an experience interaction in my mind, right? Even a one-on-one with my teammate is an experience interaction. And I want to make sure that they love that, right? And that's what's going to make them stay here. What is the, like a piece of advice that you wish you got early on in your career, or maybe a really good piece of advice that you actually got early on in your career that, that has served you really well? I would say that I have gotten all the right advices. I don't think I missed out on anything. But to that effect, I have contributed my career to, you know, three really good mentors, uh, you know, during the course of my career. Um, the very first mentor sort of told me that it's it's extremely important to be open and vocal, right? Um, I, was a, I, I was not very, I was not a very outspoken person uh, when I was working as an individual contributor. Uh, and then this first mentor, you know, showcased to me the value of being outspoken or the value of, you know, being at least heard. Uh, and that sort of helped me. So uh, my advice to a lot of, you know, new jo- uh, people who are getting into the industry or even folks who have spent a couple of years back in the industry, right? Uh, there is no stupid question out there. You just have to, you know, uh, you have to ask your questions. Uh, you should not wait for uh, an infinite amount of time to ask a question or you should not have to wait on a leader to ask that question on your behalf. You have a doubt in mind, you know, open up, ask the question, you will get an answer. Everybody is out there to help you. In when, when we are working on consulting assignments, the customer is not out there to take any revenge vendetta on you, right? Or they are not going to, you know, think of you as a stupid person if you're, you know, going to ask a question. Uh, people are sometimes very worried, but I think that that advice very early on in my career sort of helped me. Uh, the second sort of, you know, big movement point for me was the coaching that I received on, you know, becoming a true business consultant or, uh, you know, to really sort of apply common sense to business problems. Uh, again, I, you know, I can't thank that second mentor because that is the person that sort of enabled me to sort of start my leadership journey, you know, within my career. Um, you know, she, again, she groomed me and mentored me for almost a year. Uh, I used to be very frustrated on a day-to-day basis, right? I'd put out a deliverable to her and, you know, she, you know, by the time it would come back to me, it would be completely red, right? Because of the change management that you would use in Word or Excel. And I would get super frustrated and annoyed at the end of the day. But today, you know, I can't thank her enough because when we put out a deliverable to our customer, you know, it could be any kind of deliverable, right? The quality actually matters. The way I sort of tell my team is, if you were to go to a high-end restaurant, or even if you were to go to a restaurant, and if somebody were to serve you the food sloppily, would you be, you know, would you eat it or would your appetite get killed? The answer is your appetite would get killed. You would no longer be interested to eat it. The same goes true with any interaction that we have with our customer. If that interaction is not up to the mark, they are not going to want to work with you or they are not going to want to talk to you. So to me, being at the front end of your conversation is very important, whether it is oral, written, or these days even social or any other channels, right? So that was the that was the second big change that you know brought about a dramatic change in who I am today. And then the third thing was a very recent thing where um, as individual contributors, we are extremely anxious and and we we tend to jump around a lot right in 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 sort of the early to 
uh, up to a 10 year mark uh, i think you have to sit back be a little bit patient you know reap the benefits of the hard work that you put in i have been i have to say that i have made the same mistakes except for this one last time when this mentor kind of gave me this piece of advice and i have no regrets about you know not doing something right to the point where i have not reaped the benefits and i'm actually you know really enjoying sort of what i'm doing today so being patient is something that is sometimes very important uh, in today's day and age but three core leadership advices which is sort of my dna of you know who i am and what i do that's beautiful man that's a great way to wrap it up thank you so much um but before we wrap up is there anything that we want to make sure we get out to the world that we didn't get to touch on today any extra plugs you want to make for for hexware or or anything else Yeah, so what I would tell out there to your listeners that who are going to listen to these pods, right? It is not organizations that uh, you know basically um, you know deliver success. It's actually the people that you work with who sort of help you deliver the success. They could be part of any brand, any organization. It doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, it's the people that make you successful. Uh, so we at Hexaware are really trying to build that sort of culture and team, which sort of you know bring successes to the customer in my mind if any of our employees um, you know go anywhere else to me they'll you know do deliver the same value as they've delivered as part of being us but that's the talent that we are building here at our company uh, and that is the talent that you know we want you know to serve you as an end client uh, and in my mind i know that you know the the work that we do today uh, or the people that we work with it's a journey it's not that i may be at Hexaware for the rest of my life or any of the people that work with me you know will be at Hexaware for the end of their life but as long as we are able to learn from each other as long as we are able to mutually respect each other and we are able to generate value for our clients we are dependable reliable we are all going to be successful wherever we end up be and so if you as a listener you know want to sort of experience that culture you know Hexaware is the place to be very cool yeah so check it like hexware.com/careers absolutely so we do have a website and i'm sure we have tremendous amount of openings around the globe in 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 this current market situations thank you so much for listening and if you found this episode useful please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it and if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast either add me on linkedin or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.